What is SCC? What does it mean to be part of Southport Church of Christ? So our vision here at Southport is about following Jesus, transforming lives. This is the mission Jesus calls us to, that we're not just a church of six pastors, but we're a church of over 600 ministers. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Thank you for coming this morning. And thank you, uh, worship team, Kate, for leading us into worship, preparing our hearts for the communion. And thank you, Rosemary, uh, for leading us into communion, reminding us uh, the meaning of the cross and the joy of our salvation through Jesus Christ. And thank you, Bianca, for this powerful testimony. Thank you so much. And so for those who are first-timers, my name is Don Sison, and, and I'm one of the pastors here at Southport Church of Christ. It's good to have you this morning. And this morning is a follow-up of a new sermon series looking at the book of Philemon, a different minor biblical character. And Paul wrote this letter from Rome about AD 60 when he was under house arrest. And so Philemon is, uh, as Pastor Pip says last Sunday, is one of the shortest uh, book in the Bible. Some people say uh, Philemon, uh, or some people say Philemon, or, uh, or Philemon, or Asanasi. You can say fill the deal if you like. <laughs> and so we like to shorten things, don't we? And so... Uh, 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 Philemon is basically one page letter. How good is that? And, and the Apostle Paul wrote this to Philemon, a wealthy merchant and uh, the host of a house church in the city of Colossae. Uh, it is now the modern Western Turkey. And there are, there are several important themes at play in this letter. The most obvious one is the theme of forgiveness. And the reason for Paul's letter is a plea uh, for forgiveness on behalf of Onosimus. And we're going to talk about him later. We're going to talk about this forgiveness a little bit later in the sermon. And Pastor Pip shared this powerful message about our awareness of our own spiritual growth. Pastor Pip says, if you're not growing, you are what? Dying, yes. And so meaning you stop abiding in Christ, you are just going through the motions of Christianity rather than having a sense of hunger and thirst for more of God. And Pastor Pete gave us these three challenging points. Uh, hopefully it's still speaking to your heart. Do you remember them? No? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, the first one is restoration of relationship is a growth area God will never ignore in our lives. I like that. And the second one is growth causes 
but he's always provided for. Amen? And, and the last one is leaning into growth is never forced, but requested. And what I like about the Holy Spirit, he, he's very gentle. And church, all growth that is made by our own effort will not last forever. But when we abide in Jesus Christ, we will continue to grow and mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And before we continue, church, why don't we ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds to the things of God, especially in the area of offering forgiveness to others and to ourselves but also dealing with our past so that we can experience this total freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we bow head and pray? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today with an open heart and an open mind. Lord, we want to encounter you in a fresh and powerful way where you can change us and move us uh, to continue to grow in our relationship with you. Holy Spirit, we are willing to submit to your calling upon our lives so that you can make a difference, you can make an impact into people's lives through us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So if your Bible, have your Bible, would you? It's going to be a little bit of a marathon because we're going to read the whole book of Philemon. You ready? Here we go. Verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed my hearts of the saints. And therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then asked Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onosimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become Useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked him to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I do not want to do anything without your consent. So that any favor you will do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. 
So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as, uh, as you welcome me. If he has done any wrong or owed you anything, charge it to me. Wow. I, Paul, I'm writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I uh, may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Ever for us, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, and my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. <sighs> wow. We just read the whole book. And therefore, I'm in my conclusion, and then we're going to pray. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> no. So, uh, Anosimus was a runaway on, a slave owned by Philemon. He had chosen the wrong path and ended up in jail with Paul. Onosimus has stolen a lot of money from his master Philemon. Just imagine that. And probably used some of this money uh, to buy passage to Rome. He probably ended up as, bandit, as a bandit as many other slaves, runaway slaves would do. So he met Paul in prison. Guess what happened? <laughs> he heard the gospel through Paul and who, he wholeheartedly accepted this wonderful good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, become a follower of Jesus. To Paul, he is not just a convert, but a dear friend, a spiritual son. He has become uh, a trusted and loyal companion of Paul, which speaks highly of his character now. Now, Paul sent him back to his master, appealing for his acceptance and forgiveness of Anosimus. So can you imagine, folks, Philemon had Anosimus' future in his hand. And by law, Philemon could have put him into prison or even worse, execute him, have been executed. Or as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he could restore him as an exalted place of brotherhood and service. You know, it is interesting to know that the name of Anosimus means useful. And the Apostle Paul played on that name by saying, uh, that saying, saying Anosimus was probably uh, was useless to you, but now he's useful both to you and to me. You see that in verse 11. And Paul knew that Anosimus has a great future, but that future was dependent on Philemon's action. And Paul uses a, a play on words to emphasize Anosimus' new status. Anosimus means useful in Greek. And there's an additional play on words in the original language. Um, the specific word useless is akristos which is very close to Christos, meaning Christ. 
as we know. But now, he is Eucharistos, meaning full of Christ. And this type of wordplay in common rabbinic writing, which Paul is a master of it. Under Roman law, as Pastor Pete uh, Pete, uh, shared last week, uh, if he chooses to uh, punish uh, Onosimus, it is up to him because it was his right to do so. So, for Paul to send him back is not a small matter. Because in this letter, we can see that he's sending him back to his master Philemon to resolve the consequences of his past actions. Just can I tell you this, that we are forgiven by God of everything that we have done, but we must still deal with the consequences of our past. Just because doing something for God doesn't excuse you and me from dealing with things that need to be dealt with in your life, in my life. Especially any broken relationships. And some people can't move forward because they still carry their old baggage. They're still a slave of their past. They need to be delivered from their past just like Onosimus. And prior to this letter being delivered to him, we can see that Onosimus has had to make a choice. What if you're Onosimus? Will you go back to your master or will you stay with Paul in a comfort zone? Or will you decide to face the music? But instead of his comfort zone enjoying Paul's companionship, he embraced the, the, the reality. So he needs to go back to, for his opportunity not only to build his confidence as a child of God, but to grow, continue to grow in his relationship with other people as well, including Philemon. You see, Philemon could have, like I said, could embrace him, but also, if he changed his mind, he could punish him severely. Now, Onosimus doesn't go because he was assured by his uh, mentor, Paul, that it's going to be okay. He goes because it is the right thing to do in the eyes of God, but also he wants to be delivered from his past and continue his journey as a fellow worker in the kingdom of God. And church, the first thing I want to share with you is this slave mindset versus brother in Christ mindset. Church, I want, to, I want you to imagine this scenario in your head. Are you ready? Imagine, if you're anonymous, you're going to uh, approach Philemon's house. How would you feel? Excited? Nervous? Or fearful? He could return and do two different identities. He could be remaining as a slave or a brother in Christ. You see, a slave mindset, mindset where he must work to earn Philemon's approval and earn it every single day for the forgiveness of what he has done and to restore that relationship. Can you imagine that? 
or as a brother in Christ's mindset, who has, one who has a place in God's family and a fellow workers in the kingdom of God. You know, some Christians still approach life with God with the mindset of a slave trying to earn God's approval in their own strength. <laughs> Rosemary reminded us that we can't do anything. It is God's love for us. We've been approved by God, but sometimes we try to do things in our own strength, trying to continue to approve God's approval. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts and our minds so that we can do good works for His kingdom. You know, just like the Israelites, God has rescued them from their slavery into the hands of the Egyptians. They were no longer in Egypt, and yet they still act like a slave. They have no confidence in their God. They have no confidence in themselves. They have no trust in God. Instead of growing their relationship with God, you know what they continue to do? They continue to complain, complain against God, complain against Moses. Why did you bring us here? You bring us here to die. No wonder they miss so much blessing from God. Instead of claiming God as their Jehovah Jireh, the God who always supplied the needs, instead of claiming God as their Jehovah Elion, the God's most high who will fight for their battles and victory is assured. Instead of 11 days' journey to reach the promised land, they spent 40 years in the desert going nowhere. Most of them died without entering the promised land. What about us, church? Do we have this slave mindset or a brother in Christ's mindset, like Onosimus, who is ready to serve and willing to offer hospitality to the hurting, to the wounded, to the lonely, and to share this marvelous good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, do you know any hurting people? Say amen. Do you know any people with wounded hearts who need a second chance to be forgiven? Hurting people penetrate all walks of life. There are those people who characterize as having hit rock bottom, right? Or those people who made such a huge mistake in their lives, uh, who took a wrong path. And their offenses can range from minor to the greatest. And some experience marital separation or divorce. Others lose their job or take a cut in pay. And others entangled in a marital affair. And others still lie, cheat, and caught up in an illegal act. And, and others are hurting not because of something they have done personally, because, but because of circumstances change. And they get caught up in the crossfire. Maybe a company merges uh, or a church split. And others are hurt because they become entangled in the wrong set of acquaintances. Who are these people are hurting? They are our spouses, our kids, our neighbors, our friends, our pastors, our church leaders. They are in our community. They are people at work, in our family, in our church. This letter of Philemon, church, reminds us that God 
that loving God and loving our neighbors has the power to heal hurting hearts and put those people back on their own feet again. And you and I can be that link to that power. Are you hearing me, church? You and I could be that link to that power to heal those hurting people. Church, how do you and I love the hurting? The first and immediate action for you and me is to be a friend to a hurting person. A friend has described in many different ways, like the Apostle Paul. A friend knows all about you and loves you anyway. A friend step in when the whole world step out and abandon you. He will be there for you. The one who never gets in the way except when you are on your way down, he will pick you up or she'll pick you up. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my best friend reached out to me, and he asked me and, and, and asked me to pray for him. Uh, my best friend uh, made a huge mistake in his life, and because of that, he went to jail. For several years, he was in jail. While he was in jail, he had an encounter with God. He's now out of jail. And in our conversation, he said, I still have that trauma. And that, 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 that trauma in my past still haunting me. And last week, I gave him another uh, encouraging words. And he said, um, I, I, I feel a lot better, and thank you. And I assured him, I said, I will pray with you. I'll pray for you. I'm not here to judge you, but to help you. And journey with you to get back on your own two feet through the love and the mercy and the grace of God. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6, 1 and 2, he says, Brothers and sisters, if someone caught in a sin, who you who live by the Spirit should restore that person how? Gently. No judgment, no condemnation. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burden, and in this way, Paul says, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I'll say it again. Do you know any hurting people? Are you praying for them that God will heal their broken lives? Or are you praying that God will discipline them or teach them a hard lesson. Or even worse, are you judging them because you think they should know better? And church did exactly what Paul is asking for a lemon in reference to Onosimus. And I want you to notice, folks, in your Bible, in verse 10 and 11, it says, I appeal to you my, for my son Onosimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. And, and he said, no longer as a slave in verse 16, but rather than a slave as a dear brother. He's very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. 
So if you consider me a partner, welcome me as you would welcome him as you welcome me. If he has done uh, you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. That is a friend, isn't it? In our church, it's been my experience uh, pastoring for more than 23 years that people distance themselves from hurting people. When a broken person needs love and acceptance and encouragement and, uh, and help the most, a lot of times they're being ostracized. It shouldn't be, especially if it is a faith community who have experienced the love and the grace of God. It is those times they truly need support and affirmation of their friends. So what does a friend do? A friend refreshes the wounded. Did you know Philemon has that gift? No wonder his name means love. And Paul said to him in verse 7 in Philemon, he says, For I have great joy and encouragement from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. You know, the word refresh means to give intermission from labor or to give rest. It is most commonly denotes the refreshments of the inner person or the inner soul. Our friends come alongside the hurting individual to offer this support and encouragement. They help the weak and the wounded person by assisting and comforting. And they also lighten the loads and burden and the pain. They bring refreshment. Like when you, in the hot summer day, what do you need? Ice cold water, isn't it? That's what they do. That is why when others may uh, keep their distance from those who are suffering, listen to me, church, godly compassion prompts us to act on the behalf of the hurting. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus has commanded us. That is why he said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Look at each other, folks. If you love one another. And this is the kind of refreshing friend I want to be in, uh, to the hurting people in my world. Yes. We just heard it in the beginning of our uh, service that there are 600 ministers in this church. Can you imagine if we all do that? Many revival will happen because of this wonderful love for the people who are hurting. This is the kind of friend you and I need to be. 
But also, there are times when you must be a forgiving friend to a hurting person. You know, we as human beings, we have this great ability to recall all injustices, all injustices. And with small insignificant of misunderstanding, sometimes we tend to make them so big and reopen old wounds. We are all guilty of those things, right? I'm guilty of it. Because we tend to be unforgiving. We said, I have rights not to forgive. I have a reason not to forgive. You know, often people with wounded hearts needed a second chance to be forgiven. The gospel is the good news of what a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth and seventh. And, and Peter said, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? He kind of said, oh, I'm good, seven. And the Lord Jesus says, no, Peter, 70 times seven. Unlimited grace. Church, um, I'm not going to share my personal experience about forgiveness for some reason. But tonight, if you come back, I will share with you this painful experience that I have experienced over the years and how the Lord had rescued me from that. Come back tonight. Someone has said this, forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and, the, and handcuffs of hatred. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Wow. That's why the Apostle Paul is urging Philemon to forgive and love Onosimus. The same way Paul has forgiven and accepted Philemon. To accept Onosimus not as a slave, but a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, uh, somebody quote this, uh, what he, she wrote. This is what she said. She said, forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families. It can restore friendship. It can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. Are you hearing me, church? You remember Jonah in the Old Testament who disobeyed God, ran away from what God's called him to do? And when he repented, God has given him another chance. You remember Peter who denied Jesus three times? And later on, he was reinstated back to his master's um, kingdom. Remember Paul who attacked and persecuted the church? And God has given him a second chance 
and now. He's one of the greatest um, uh, apostles who wrote so many um, books in the New Testament and spread the gospel through all uh, the Asia Minor. The Lord Jesus, when he was mistreated, beaten, and betrayed by his own people, his own people condemned him. They crucified him while he was on the cross. You know what he said? Father, forgive them. Well, they don't know what they're doing. If God can do that, why can't we? Next one, please. Last one before we finish. Stephen said the same thing. He said, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When I said it, it fell asleep. That's why Paul says, you know, in Colossians, in Ephesians, in Luke, and Matthew, he says, bear each other and forgive one another. And he says, be kind and compassionate toward one another. Do not judge or you will be judged. Do not condemn or you will be condemned. Forgive and you will forgive him. But if you not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. And as we close, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you love those who love you, what reward do you get? Are you not even the tax collector doing that? And if you greet only the peop- your own people, what are you doing more than others? Even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What Jesus is saying is there, be complete in your relationship with God. And so, folks, there's some three questions here before I pray. I'm just going to give you a minute to think about that. Is there anyone here who has heard the voice of God? Is there anyone here who needs the forgiveness of God? Is there anyone here who needs to forgive someone? Let's just look at our hearts. Who do I need to forgive? Who needs forgiveness? Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we don't deserve your forgiveness. And yet you're given to us. Thank you for your love. And thank you for the example of uh, Philemon and Onesimus. Thank you for the life of Paul. Help us to be loving and forgiving. And help us to forgive ourselves. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.